As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Shooter Magooter. What's up, dude? Well, Steel, you know, as they say, same panic, different disco. <laughs> as they say, just another panic at the disco. That's what they say. Yep. That's how they say it. Um, this is going to be one of the more tired episodes yeah, for dude. the boys. Um, if you live under a rock, you wouldn't know that we went to the Phillies game last night, and we are both very tired, and I am going again tonight. You need nope. to go tonight because we won last night when we were both in attendance. I am in Texas. I'm actually down the street from my childhood home. Isn't that weird? Like I drive Creepy. by it every time I come stay here. This is a family friend of mine. The parents of one of the best young baseball players in Major League right now. I can't tell you who it is, but it's cool. But um, I, I used to live Fucking like gatekeeping. when my dad li- uh, played for the Rangers. We lived just up the street here. So I drive by my like first home every time I come stay here. And it's always kind of surreal. It's just weird to Does see. Somebody but, else live there? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole new. Yeah. No, oh, you should no totally- one's moved in. You should totally break in and go into your childhood room. I think that's a terrible idea. I think that's how you catch a charge. Yeah, but it seems cool. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, But as Shooter said, we are both, as you can probably tell from our voices, a little raspy, a little sleepy. Uh, I had to wake up uh, at 4 in the morning to fly down to Texas, but I'm coming down to see my daughter, so I am not complaining whatsoever. And last night was arguably one of the best sporting events I've ever been to in my life. That game was insane. Yeah, that game was unbelievable. It, it flew off the rails pretty quickly, and then it was just a celebration for like six innings. It was great. A great way to celebrate a win, honestly. You don't have to sweat it out. No stress, no panic, as I said earlier, but uh, just got to enjoy ourselves, you know? Listen to a couple of songs afterwards and then sit in some traffic. Sit in some traffic and have a blast in traffic because it was just one of those nights everything was clicking. We were firing all cylinders. So, oh, yeah. We got one more game, hopefully, tonight where we can close it out against Spencer the Bitch Strider, who doesn't like noise. So, hopefully, you're listening to this on Friday morning. We got a dub and uh, all is well in the city of Philadelphia. But let's dive right into this because I have to drive two hours after we're done this to pick up my daughter from school. Exciting. Um, yeah, well, the end of it is the drive is not. It's just been a long day, but again, totally worth it. So let's let's jump right in. I want to do our Rose and Thorn first. So okay. why don't we do that? You go ahead, start us off there, Captain. All right. Well, I've got uh, which is oh wait, time out. By the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know this is a baseball house. Do you see the shape of the kitchen light? Oh Can yeah. You see that? No. It's a yeah. home plate. <laughs> That's no a home way. Plate kitchen light. Yeah, look. That's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, this is always a crowd favorite because it a gets favorite. both of a favorite. Is that what I said? A crowd favorite. All right. What are you going to pick things out now that I say? My brain no, don't right. work so fuck. good today. My brain don't work too good now. Brain don't work. Words are hurting. Um. 
So I'm going to go with a little rosy thorn because it gets both of them out of the way immediately. Uh, this was a review that we got about ROC reviews. Oh, okay. And this comes from Connie CH1. As much of as much as you two hate reviewing the OC, I truly enjoy hearing you guys do it. You guys actually get into the episodes regardless of your disdain of the show. I hate the OC. I am so happy it's over. So my hate and my love for it being over kind of merged together into a little bit of a rosy thorn all coming together with Connie's review. So thank you, Connie. Thanks, Connie. That was so sweet of you. We hate doing it, but we have to do it it's anyway. funny that people like take joy in our misery <laughs> that's i knew that was going to happen as soon as we started talking about it last week right like eventually like yeah to. this is this is really funny you guys hate this show but i love listening to you guys hate on it that's just it's too funny to me uh is that both you knocked them out in one go knock them out in one go captain i like that all right well mine is and i could do a lot of them i'm not going to but it's so funny to me, and especially because I got to do a, a post this morning when I was on an airplane. Mm-hmm. How many people took umbrage with my rant about keeping your overhead lights off and shutting your shades <laughs> when you're on an airplane? So many people spoke out and were like, who the hell are you to tell us what to do on an airplane? We paid the same price as you, blah, blah, blah. And I just Good. responded to one of them finally. And I was like, first and foremost... It is not that serious. I'm not actually going to like raise hell and throw mean looks at you the whole time if you have your light on. Yes, it was you an are. exaggeration. I'm not. I look, am I feeling a certain way? Absolutely. Don't downplay angry, your feelings. I'm like not. You didn't I just, actually, I just, you were so angry said, about it. Bro, I just said, do I feel a certain way? Absolutely. It doesn't mean I'm going to show outward anger towards anybody. Just keep it in mind. I just think more people should keep it in mind, but the responses were so funny. So I want to um, read one of them. I need to find it. Hold yeah, on. Give us the highlights. Oh, here it is. It's so good. And I don't know why this person got so mad, but they ended it with um, having said that I love you guys. So like, it's all good. It's just, they wrote one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs. Okay, so I'm just going to give you the the highlights. This is from YouTube. And it says, also, I just want to say, there's nothing worse than a more... (laughs) I got to start over. (laughs) Also, I want to just say that nothing is worse and more entitled than someone to think that everyone, capital everyone, should adhere to some type of plane etiquette that a stranger on a plane feels is acceptable. Why do you think that what you need in order to enjoy the flight is more important than what someone else needs that paid the same as you? You are fine with the light from your laptop. Therefore, you are fine if others use those forms of light. What about the person that isn't okay with that? What if I needed you to sit in your seat with zero electronics because they just annoy me for the entire flight? Are you a jerk if you still use your laptop? I said (laughs) the same thing. But I commented on that. Laptop lights and stuff. No. This one, but I'm going to skip a couple of paragraphs. My favorite part of this is... Now, if someone had a medical reason, physical or mental, then I would have no problem doing what I could to make it a good experience for them. But some entitled man does not meet those qualifications. It's exactly what you are. You are an entitled man on the plane, (laughs) getting mad at people for using overhead lights, for you leaving their shades open. God forbid they want to see some nature. Oh, I shit you not. It was like karma. 
like my 6.30 flight this morning and it was still dark out, the man next to me, no shit, opens his shade as the sun's coming up and films it on his phone. And that's literally what I said. How I do hate you the film that? I don't know. But he was sitting there filming outside the window, like as we're taking off and like the sun or whatever. And I was like, you act like you've never seen a cloud before. And I was like, here he is, guys. And I wanted to take a picture of him so bad, but I didn't. So I just put a snarky little thing with a, they dimmed the overhead lights. And I was like, keep those lights off, huh? And close your damn shades. Oh, my God. (laughs) But the point being, it ain't that serious. But she ended it with... It seems like it might be that serious. I think you've got a real issue here. I just think it's funny, the response. I was not expecting that kind of response. But she and my rose is that she ended with with that being said, I love you guys. So it's all in good fun. But it did. it, It genuinely made me laugh a lot. Because there was about five or six similar reviews where it's like, hey, asshole, don't tell people what to do on a plane. It's like, hey, I didn't tell anybody specifically. It's just a public service announcement. People are looking at you if you don't close your damn shade. All right. That's all. That's my rose and thorn. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, not, it's not that serious, but I'm going to go on a quick rant about it. <laughs> yep. Not, you, you, you got served. You got served. Oh, shit. All right, let's get into some action here. Let's let's, let's knock this it. shit out because, look, I said it last week. I'm super happy that OC is done, so I'm not going to be angry about it. I'm just going to... Let's do OC first, then. Here we go. Yeah, let's get into it. I can't wait to get into it. Wow, me either. Up first. No, um, pretty much this whole episode was, and I think the whole reunion as a whole has been like the left side of the couch or the left couch backpedaling trying to cover up where they like did or did not lie and the right couch having more evidence and being much more like salient in their responses, I guess you could say. Yeah. But it starts out like this majority was about Shannon. And it was interesting to me that in the intro of this, it says 10 days after this is when Shannon got her DUI. Mm-hmm. And then we get a couple more of the, uh, if you're struggling with alcohol, reach out to this number. But Shannon apologizes to Gina, kind of. Like, we finally get her to say sorry to Gina. But the whole interaction, like, that's kind of how it ends before they break for lunch. At no point did she really just, like, bite the bullet and say, hey, man, I'm sorry for what happened. And then we go, like, into the back room, and Gina's not happy with how it went. And Shannon is walking off the stage going, I know, I'm doing a horrible job. I'm doing terrible. Like... Not only that, but Shannon walks right in, and of course she goes talking to Tamara, and we, at the very end, before they broke for lunch, we got a half-assed, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have said that from Shannon, but as soon as she goes and she starts talking to Tamara, she goes, shut the fuck up, Gina, like, why are you talking so much, Gina? It's like, clearly you are not sorry for what you said, you don't remember even saying it, it's crazy, but going back to the the uh, the disclaimer that they put out there about Shannon's DUI happening 10 days after this, blah, blah, blah. Again, I kept waiting for more and more talk about Shannon's drinking. And like, yes, it's here and there. It's here and there. They're just covering their ass That's because they're like, they're doing. because Shannon got bodied this whole fucking episode. Yeah, she and did. I think they were like, all right, people might feel some type of way about this because we need to give her grace. Like we talked about weeks and weeks ago when the news broke. I think Bravo was like, oh, we feel kind of bad. Shannon had a DUI 10 days later, and she got roasted for like a good half an hour up there. So we kind of have to throw this up there in case there's like some sort of trigger warning. But the two aren't correlated. She mm. deserves to get bodied because it was all about her actions throughout the entire season. The things that she said, the way that she talked to people, the rumors that she was spinning, like she deserved to get attacked that time. And 
nobody was helping her out, rightfully so. Good shit. But it's the disclaimer, I help her. It, you know, you can't help her. Even Shannon can't even help herself. Like it's just you're out there. You're just out in the middle of the sea, just getting eaten by sharks at this point. Shannon fell off the parasail. <laughs> but it's interesting because it cuts to Jen's dressing room, and it's almost like a foreshadowing because she said Tamara told me that Shannon collects cards for things that she's done nice for people in the past, and will play yeah. those cards in the future. And then cut to like Shannon and Tamara and Tamara's like hyping up Shannon like, no, you got this girl like we can do this. And it's like there we have another example of Tamara talking shit. And then immediately we cut to the other scene and it's Tamara acting nice to Shannon. And it's just it, it's a great foreshadowing for what we get later between Tamara and Heather. But back to Shannon, we get kind of a, a recap of her whole season with John, like the clips of them two together and like. The list of red flags, honestly, because it goes through the clips of her saying, you know, the paralyzing arguments and yeah, we have problems like normal couples. We fight incessantly and he won't stay at my house and I pay for everything like all normal couples do. Yeah. And the weirdest part, and I still can't get over it and I still doesn't make any sense to me because it all gets unraveled on stage that everybody in the group was talking shit about John and Shannon and not even really talking shit. They were just echoing what they'd been told by Shannon. Everyone on the stage goes, yeah, like we have all discussed this. And still Shannon points across the room at Heather and says, like, you're the driving force behind this. And I don't understand. And it finally dawned on me. And I think that this rings true. All right. I think that Shannon, once her and Tamara squashed their beef early on in the season, I think that she leans so heavy on Tamara just for like support because she has none from anybody else really like John's her quote unquote support system. Yeah. He's not actually doing that. Her kids are off to college. She's going through a lot. Obviously she's struggling with drinking as well. So I think Tamara has been that constant or consistent shoulder to cry on for some reason. So I think that she takes everything that Shannon says so seriously that she's like oh that must be the truth i'm just gonna roll with that because it gives me some kind of direction and some kind of person to lean on through this whole thing Tamara keeps saying heather's the driving force i'm just gonna continue to hammer down on, on heather yeah no that, i think that's a really good point and it, it does get tiresome and i know that i will say this actually this reunion episode was way better than the first one this was a good actually this was genuinely a decent reunion episode i didn't have a because problem people were one. able to talk i feel like the first one you had Tamara just yelling over people Tamara even got to the point where like she didn't really want to be involved at all anytime that andy brought her into anything at one point she told andy to fuck off like that's oh, we'll insane. Get to that don't you i know worry. but like it, it, i think it was a little bit better and i think it was because we were allowing people to talk and that's a bad thing for shannon because we're letting Shannon talk. Shannon, and it's a bad thing for Tamara. And I think that's what happened is Tamara got buckled last week when she was yeah. getting things thrown back at her. And now she's playing defense. And she's like, I hope I don't have to get involved in anything else because they keep coming up with evidence. And if we know one thing, it's Tamara Judge does not do good with evidence. Nope. Because it always con like contradicts. I am not great with words today. Nope. Contradicts. Words are good. Yeah, words are good. It always contradicts what she's saying. And people have actual evidence. We have audio footage is that what it is audio <laughs> footage <laughs> audio footage of her saying like calling the group losers like people have evidence to the contrary so i think that she got checked last week in the first episode and i think that now after the lunch break she's like let me just get through this second half 
without getting called on and without getting like put to the flames a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's what we're seeing out of her. But we dive more into John and Shannon and what's going on with them recently. And we get a clip of John kind of, I'm not going to say professing his love to Shannon, but definitely finally giving her what she wants. She's wanted this whole time. Says, I'm, I, I feel like we can take this relationship deeper. And we finally get him to like nail down a commitment. Cameras go off a week later. This motherfucker breaks up with Shannon. Yeah, <laughs> dude's a piece sad. of shit. That's and sad. Like, I'm not laughing. That's sad. Maybe that's why they were they they kept hammering home the Shannon DUI thing because we know that this happened a week later. So we're like putting time frames together. He broke up with her. Three days later, she had the DUI. She spiraled. So that could be part of it. But God, well, no, this dude, she like, broke up. He broke up with her because they have the footage at the reunion when that yeah. clip was filmed, right? They had broken up a week after that. The DUI happened further down the road. I don't want to fuck the timeline up with that. Oh, dude, I'm, it, that was so, timelines. Yeah, I, I, thought that so it was, I completely misread that one. No, that's why it was so weird when John was with her post-DUI because they had been broken up for an extended period of time just doing this weird like friends with benefits thing. Yeah, okay. That makes a lot more sense to me then. There you go. Thank you for helping yeah. me with the timeline. I got um, But no, I mean, it's just Shannon was... <laughs> For what it was, she was able to talk. And when she starts talking about John, it brings open these doors where the entire season, she she told everybody about her relationship with John. And then we saw her backtrack because she doesn't remember the things that she said. And she blacks out either in a rage or drunk and tells everybody what's going on. So as soon as you open that door to John, it kind of leaves it open for everybody else to get in there because this is what we went through all season. You were able to talk about other people's relationships. You were able to talk about Gina's DUI with her kids. And then as soon as somebody starts talking about John, you shut it down right away. So yep. that was that was, I feel like, a good catalyst to get her to open up so that at least we get some more information on it. But yeah, I mean, dude, John saying that he wants a deeper commitment and then we know what happens. There's nothing rougher than that. No, it sucked. And it kind of shows you why things maybe spiraled after the fact and why she started to go down. Yeah, it gives perspective. Path. You know, it does. And that's when they finally call attention to <clears throat> She, she then again goes back at Heather and saying that she's the problem and it calls attention to her drinking. And it's like, look, you drunk dial us all the time. Like you get drunk, you call us, you air out your dirty laundry. Then we bring it up. But you are the one that shares this stuff with us on camera. It's on yep. a reality TV show. And Emily's the one that points that out on the same couch as her. Emily's the one that says, you bring these things up on reality TV. You know what we're doing here. Like, this is the whole point of Bravo TV. We want to dive into what your relationship is. We want to know what's going on behind the scenes. You share that stuff with a camera and a microphone. Mm -hmm. And then you want to backpedal and say, don't talk about that on screen. It's like, no, no. That's literally the point of Housewives. So you have to be able to at least defend yourself or just explain what's going on without jumping down everybody's throat on the cast. Yeah, I mean, it's it was nice. I didn't expect it to come from Emily, but it's nice when that logic pops up and we've been saying it, it for every show. Honestly, we always question it. You know, there's cameras there. Why? What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Nobody's going to bring it up for the rest of the year. As soon as everybody gets to sit down and watch these episodes and then they go into the reunion, knowing what happened and all this shit that people are talking, they are going to bring it up. And thankfully they brought it up. But I don't think that I think Shad is just oblivious, honestly. And we talked about this last week. Um, and we, well, we talked about it with pink shade on Tuesday too. 
Mm-hmm. Shannon coming back to this show just doesn't make any logical sense to me. I just don't get it. And I know that Mary Payne, she's a fan of OC. Um, she said that she wants Shannon back. She said that there's no way that Shannon can't come back. I, I just don't understand it. Like, I get it. It's your only source of income, but Jesus Christ, like you're going to go on this tour for the Trace Amigas and yeah. go and do, and like, they're going to whoop it up and do shots. And you're just going to stand over there. Like you're going to outpatient and going through all of these things. It just looks like she's spiraling and she just looks like somebody who, well, you just changed the camera on me. Yeah, this one's better. I just, I forgot to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that fucked me up. Um, but no, uh, yeah, that, it's just, it, it was nice to see that Emily kind of pointed that out because it holds you accountable for what happened. But again, I don't think Shannon cares. I, I do not think that she cares at all. See, and I, I disagree. I, well, maybe not. Uh, maybe cares isn't the right word, but I, I just think she's completely oblivious to that. And like, even if she's not drinking, I don't think she remembers the things that she says. And it does not help that there's cameras there. It looks like she didn't rewatch the season, if I'm being honest. Because I don't think that she had any knowledge of the things that she said. She no, looked when so she, so they deer right? in the headlights when people are bringing things up to her. She's like, uh, 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 like no, like we we have camera footage, audio footage, as you said, right? And that's that the audio. We have audio footage, and like <laughs> the thing, <laughs> the thing about it is, I don't know, and it could honestly be drinking related. Like yeah. I, I know you say maybe she just forgets things. Like I don't know. I think that she watching it back, or maybe trying to watching it back was difficult for because she had moments where she's like shit i don't remember doing that shit i don't remember saying that that has to be tough to watch and i think that we finally get a moment where and this is why i say i do think she cares because we get a moment where she finally says like you know what i'm embarrassed like i'm embarrassed Mm -hmm. about watching my scenes with john i'm embarrassed about you guys ask like do you see the way he looks at you and like i noticed the way he looked at me of course and i know the way he talked to me and looking back on those scenes, like she has that, I guess it's kind of an oh shit moment where it's like, man, maybe these girls were right, mm-hmm. but it's almost like she's so shrouded in shame or that she's so embarrassed by it that she can't just take the wall down and be like, you know what? Maybe everybody was right. Maybe you guys did have my best interest at heart. Maybe I came on too strong and I'm the asshole a little bit. But I was only being an asshole because I was trying to protect myself. And I wanted this relationship to work so badly that I was willing to overlook all of these things. Having watched it back, I can see where you guys are right. I'm sorry for my behavior. Let's move forward. But instead, she gets close to that. She gets so damn close. And I'm like, come on, Shannon, breakthrough moment, breakthrough moment. And boom, puts her foot in her mouth, points a finger at Heather, points a finger at Gina, says, you guys need to stay out of my shit. You don't get it. And that's when we get the like do you know what I've done? Do you know what I've done on this show? And then multiple people point out, Gina went through a DUI on this show. You mm-hmm. wanted to talk about taking your shirt off when you were 30 or 40 pounds heavier. Emily talks about how she stepped on a scale at Tamara's gym and how that was difficult for her. So literally everything that you're trying to use as evidence, other people have done. This doesn't like you're not done. special. You're not giving any more to the show than anybody else is. And I feel like that's that's kind of like a Tamarism, honestly, because I feel like that's how Tamara operates. Tamara thinks that she gives so much to the show, but we never get anything out of fucking Tamara. We just see Tamara spilling the or spilling, Jesus Christ, stirring <laughs> the pot. Yeah, words are tough. Uh, stirring the pot and stirring the pot and like not sharing anything personal, never getting too deep. Yeah, everybody on this show has done everything that you're doing right now. You're not any different than anyone else. So stop acting like you're holier than thou. Stop acting like you are like OC and you've done more than anybody else has. 
And I'm happy that she got called out for it because that is that was kind of like a running thing where she specifically she would say something and then she wasn't held accountable because nobody else is speaking up. And that's why I feel like this episode was a little bit better because we got people finally standing up and growing a fucking spine like the whole cast for the most part finally grew a spine and started calling people out. And that's what you want for a reunion. Absolutely. I actually didn't. I think I'm I'm talking myself into the fact that I actually kind of liked this episode and it wasn't that bad. I liked. I I said that earlier. I said this was a decent episode. I didn't. Did you watch it, it on the plane? I did, dude. It was so funny. I'm pretty sure that the two women sitting like back left of me. I don't think they knew who I was, but I think they were aware that I was watching Orange County and taking notes about it's it. So funny because I kept kind of like feeling them over my shoulder. I was like kind of glance, and they were both looking, and then they like look away. And I was like, they're definitely like this. This guy's taking notes on Real Housewives right now. Like, what the fuck? Is no, this you know what doing? it probably was. It's because it was six a.m. and it was dark in there, and your screen brightness was turned all the way up. And they no, like, no, this, guy, this was one no, of these shit. You know what I did? Because I had a connecting <laughs> flight. You know what I did? The first flight, I slept. You know, ah, I did smart. My second flight at nine thirty. That's when I watched because I'm a considerate person. Anyway, your segue was perfect into Tamara because that's when she takes center stage finally. Yeah, and we got a little bit of it last week, but this was a chance to really put her feet to the flames and try to make her or force her to answer for some of the shit that she's done. And it starts out with, you know, you were the one that were was pushing the narrative of Shannon's relationship for the majority of the season. Mm-hmm. And she immediately says, I never talked about her relationship. Well, let's roll the footage. And we go <laughs> clip to clip to clip to clip of her talking about Shannon's relationship. And I love that she continues to get caught in lies over and over again. Like I said, evidence is not her friend. Nope. And she says, I didn't say that Heather talked about it. And she's like, yes, you did. Like, do you think that this is misplaced anger? Perhaps Shannon, you're misplacing your anger to Heather because Tamara's your buddy and you don't want to get mad at Tamara. Cause we see it happen with Emily this episode too. Every single time. It's so confusing. Every single time that left couch gets put in the spotlight and says, hey, Tamara said this. They look at Heather and go, yeah, but. And I am so sick of the yeah, buts. And Andy points out, Tamara, why is it okay for you to say these stories about John? And at the end of the day, you still come out here on stage and say, you know what? But John's a good guy. And from everything we've seen, John is not a good guy. No. But meanwhile, you have no issue eviscerating ryan in front of jen and yeah is there evidence for sure yeah we have evidence yes but there's evidence of john being an asshole as well so i think that's a valid argument like no there's not dick pics involved but there's emotional abuse involved there's this man calling shannon fat making her pay for everything and then we get that we're like, he called you fat. Shannon's like, no, he didn't. Emily's like, you told me that. Heather's like, you told me that. She's like, you guys heard me wrong. It's like, what the fuck, man? Uh, yeah, no one heard you wrong. That's that. As soon as she said that, that's when I said to myself, there's no way that she re- rewatched any of these episodes. She has no idea. She has no fucking idea. There's clips there. Everything that you have said on camera about John is on fucking camera and people have watched it and they've stewed over it and they have it ready to roll. They wrote it down in their notebook on their 6 a.m. flight this morning. They know (laughs) what's going on. And she still is like in complete denial about it. And I was kind of crossed up a little bit because I didn't know if I should feel bad for Shannon because obviously there's a lot going on there and like mentally something's not clicking. Mm. But at the same time, it seems like 
she doesn't care enough to be like genuine to anyone. So I kind of don't want to feel bad. I, I I don't know. I, I have a lot of feelings about it. I hate the conflicting feelings about things it's like that. It's weird, but I think that a big part of it does tie into the drinking aspect, especially yes. if she is drinking heavily during all of this. I think that it's hard to rationalize her thought process. I think it's impossible yeah. to know where she's coming from because I genuinely think that's why she keeps getting like caught in these weird moments where she doesn't have a response. And she's like, shit, I don't really remember that. I can't really comment on that. So I'm going to play weird defense for a while and hopefully I can spin something. Mm -hmm. And she got to the point where spinning stuff wasn't working. So she broke down and started crying. And I think that's when she got overwhelmed and emotional. And she's like, I, I don't know what to say anymore. But moving on from that, we get like an Emily and Tamara thing. And they've reconnected this season and have become friends. But we get more <laughs> shit coming out where it's like, well, didn't you say? Oh, no. But then we get something about a live show and how Shannon didn't want anybody coming to the live show. And Tamara's like, well, yeah, because you said you didn't like Emily. You didn't want her to be there. And she's like, that's not what I said. Stop putting words in my mouth. And we get another Tamara thing. And it immediately jumps to apparently Heather said that she didn't like Emily and Emily shouldn't come back to the show or Emily's an asshole and shouldn't be or should be fired. And she's like, I never said that. Where'd you hear that? And it's like, Tamra, it's like, God damn it, guys. How many times are we going to do this? Do I think that Heather Dubrow is spotless and has never said some mean shit about the cast members? No, absolutely not. Could some of these things be slightly true? Like, has she made an off-color comment here and there? Yeah. Do I believe it's as vindictive as Tamra paints it out to be? I truly do not, because we have too much evidence to the contrary. Yet here we are. Another thing is said. It's another defense for Tam where it's like, I didn't say that. And then two other people are like, yeah, huh? And Andy starts jumping in. And he's like, yeah, you did. Did you not tell your entire audience for two T's countless mean things about every woman on this cast? Well, did you not say that? And she said, we're not talking about that right now. Fuck off. And I was like, maybe that is the nail in the coffin. Maybe yeah. that's enough for him to be like, all right, you're not going to disrespect me on my stage. That's not going to happen. I'm calling you out on your shit. You need to answer for it. And it's so funny to me that Tamara picks and chooses the time in which things are allowed to be used, right? Anything that anybody else says in the past can be used against them constantly. Whenever, the, whenever she wants. Yep. I know. That's her whole entire MO is I'm going to save this for later. Andy brings up a very valid point because guess what? There is audio footage of it for multiple episodes that you can pull up and say, here's her talking shit about Emily. Here's her talking shit about Shannon. Here's her talking shit about the whole cast. We have that. All of your stuff is hearsay. I heard her say this. I heard her say this. I'm going to plant this seed in every other cast member's head to try to flip this whole cast against Heather Dubrow because I'm the head bitch in charge and I want to make sure everybody knows that. And then she tells Andy to be quiet. I just Andy to be quiet. I just don't understand that. Like, how are you going to sit on that fucking podcast? I was wondering what Andy thinks about her podcast. Like, is it good or bad? And I think in that moment, we kind of see it a little bit because he used something that came from the podcast against her, which yep. we wanted the whole time. Finally, somebody Heather knew about it. Ta her talking shit on the whole cast, calling them all losers happened on the podcast. Tamara mm -hmm. doesn't see it as relevant information because it's something outside of the show and it's but exactly just it's fucking not own it like account. we know that you said that like that's and that's probably like the biggest issue with Tamara. and that kind of like repeat you, that sentence again dude you have any do you think that i know what i just said just fucking own it 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. she says that to Heather. She says that same sentence to Heather. Just own what you say. And I was 30,000 feet in the air, and I almost threw my notebook to the front of the plane. I was that like, you've got to be kidding me. How yeah. the fuck can you sit there and tell anybody else on this planet to just own what you say when every time something's presented to you, you said this, your immediate argument back is, no, somebody else said that I was just repeating it. That's her go-to. It's like, fuck you. You're going to tell Heather to own it. Then you need to own it. Instead of pointing the finger and saying, you said that first, it's like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. You said it. And then she goes, shut the fuck up, Andy. <laughs> yeah. So fucking funny. Like we caught you in a lie finally, but every time that she gets caught doing some dumb shit, every time that she gets caught in a lie and it's verbatim what she said, and there is audio evidence. Now we're just audio everywhere. Audio evidence of your podcast, talking shit on people, doing this and that, like knocking people down and then spinning it and saying that someone else said it makes no sense. Zero. That is the dumbest strategy ever. I thought that in the beginning of the season, I thought maybe Tamara's going to come in. She's going to be a smart shit stirrer. She is the dumbest shit stirrer because there's evidence of you saying those things. And then she spins it and says, well, no, it was just an inside joke. Inside jokes for podcasts make zero sense. No, How are you connecting to your listener? Like you, for all intents and purposes, you walked into that podcast and said, Hey, yeah, look at all these fucking losers. I can't imagine being on the show with them. Ha ha ha. No, I was actually just referencing a secret that only me and Teddy knew about that Heather said over here. It's like, no, that you're an idiot. That's not how that works. I would but I'm happy. Yeah. I love, I, I think Andy finally showed up. And again, like, I, I think that I was just watching this episode a little differently because last week I was just annoyed, but I think Andy finally showed up and he was finally holding Tamara accountable, which is exactly what we needed for that reunion yeah. and exactly what Tamara needed because we get to see how she operates and she gets called out. She does not like it. And it doesn't matter who it is. You're going to tell Andy to fuck off. No, no, you don't do that. You don't do you don't, that. You don't tell daddy to fuck off. <laughs> nope. You're going to go ahead and make a full-time job out of that podcast. If you do that again. Uh, well, we got through the whole season i didn't even watch the last five minutes where they're like what are you guys gonna do next and like or is everybody okay because i genuinely didn't care i got done the the meat and potatoes of it i was like i'm spent I'm yeah you it. didn't miss anything in the last five minutes it was just uh them doing tequila shots of course sans gina gina did a red bull shot which is disgusting um and they you know a lot of fake niceties and the end of it all which you probably missed is Jen and Tamara were walking off stage and oh, Jen stopped and looked at Tamara and said, we're done with all of this, right? We're not going to talk about this anymore. Right. And Tamara said, no, we're absolutely done with all of this. I'm not going to talk about Ryan or your relationship. I'm sorry. I want to be friends with you again. I want to put this all behind us. And then they fake hugs, but you can tell Jen is like trepidatious. Is that the word we're doing that? Uh, I'm making sure. up words now. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with trepidatious. <laughs> Jen Jen is very cautious going into it and you can see in her face when she's giving Tamara a hug like she's not pleased she is not happy she's going to go home and she's going to rip Tamara apart to Ryan I don't know where the fuck Ryan and her go from there but we finally got to a point where Jen's standing up for herself and standing up for her relationship you're an adult go ahead and do it you want to go ahead and stay with like a scumbag cheater and hope that he doesn't cheat on you have fun good luck have fun yeah but I think but, the the sum it up the best is like how many times have we heard that same sentence out of Tamara's mouth and then she goes on the podcast, gets a little riled up, and then just yep. starts spewing nonsense. So I think it's yeah, a matter of time. We didn't get a Heather Tamara makeup, which I'm happy about. 
Well, there's no need for it. Like no. that bullshit where they were like, I love her. She's like my my housewife vampire or whatever. Like she brought Stupid. me on the show. I'll always love her, whatever. I think what I can surmise from this entire episode, this entire reunion, this entire season is what we've been saying all season. None of these women are actually friends. Nope. And it, it was all. so clear this episode because none of them can get on the same page. They think that they're like about to say something that's going to blow the whole thing open and they'll be able to like smooth it over. And instead they kind of, it's clunky. It's doesn't, it doesn't flow and they just don't land with each other. Not even the friends. Like they just nope. are not on, nobody's on the same page and it's, it's evident. You're like, well, you're not on the same page because you're not friends. And somebody else said, Oh, Jen was like, yeah, the season ended. I was like, Oh, where did everybody go? It's like they left because none of them are actually friends. So you guys don't yep. hang out outside of this realm, which is why the show sucks. That's it. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. move on to an episode i really enjoyed and Roslick continues to deliver week after week uh, there's going to be a clunker in there somewhere it's bound to happen has not happened yet and i'm thrilled because they need to have arguably the best season they've had to get back on track and i think they're on the right track with that yeah they're getting there and and like kind of like what you said um i i wouldn't say that this was much of a clunker so to speak it was just kind of it was very centric to the uh the rumor that we heard at the end of last week. I think right. that's kind of where we are, which is fine. I mean, look. No, it's a good episode, I, I thought. Oh, yeah. I, I I just think, I don't know. I have a hard time because I, I think clunkers happen when we're talking about the same thing over and over again. But it is a big enough rumor. It had a cliffhanger last week. We're going to talk about it this episode. If it continues and it gets annoying, I'm going to be upset with it. And I feel like it might get there just because it's Angie-centric. And yeah, I, I just issue. don't care about Andy. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think that to your point it's a cliffhanger so it's it's more expected i'm going into this week knowing that this is what we're going to talk about so yeah. it's not like where i think we're over and then i'm like oh where i'm going to start to get irritated and i think this is universal 
if we continue this and it's all speculation and hearsay and rumors, I'm going to be over it. There needs yeah. to be something to drive the story or else you're going to have to leave this man and his family alone because now you're just throwing rumors out there for the sake of the show. And that's what can tear a family apart. Regardless of how we feel about Angie, nobody deserves to have their family questioned, their family torn apart. It's bullshit. It's not fun TV. There's real ramifications for this stuff. So it's like, all right, if there's evidence, all right, let's go. If there's not, leave it alone. So mm -hmm. it's got maybe a half an episode longer. I think if they do this for a whole episode next week, it's going to run its course. But if they bring some new evidence to it, that's a different story. But let's jump yeah. right in. We start out with Meredith and Angie. And it's like the aftermath of last week. They're still at the party. And she comes up to her and she says, you're spreading rumors about my husband. And this is where Meredith gets off the hook. And I realized that when she said that, Meredith doesn't spread the rumors. Meredith spreads that there is a rumor. That's mm -hmm. what she did with Lisa as well. She alludes to things, but she's not the one that says it. So she kind of protects herself in that aspect, only to the point in which she is able to kind of walk away from it and be like, I'm not doing this because I didn't say it. And technically speaking, she's right. She's still fucked up for it. Technically, technically speaking. But she did more than she did last year when she was talking about rumors about Whitney or Lisa. All she was really doing was saying, like what you just said, I've heard rumors. I can take them down if I want to. Between the drunken conversation that she had with Lisa outside of the restaurant when she had her meltdown and she did her Gandalf voice about not hub passing. Hubspins. Hub, I, I talk about husbands. Um, I talk about husbands. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> going to be me at fucking 1130 tonight. Um, but um, but no, it's she she almost explicitly said it there. And she apparently told Whitney the same thing about her, like not specifically about what her husband was doing, but alluded to the but, husband, which is more than what she's done before. No, right. But that's, it's a little she, more specific. Is it? I think she just like generalizes she, about rumors out. There's rumors out there about her. And it's like, what are the rumors? I don't know. You'd have to ask no, her. Because last that's year she, she alludes to the jazz tickets and like some favors being exchanged. Whitney, and then Whitney said the jazz Whitney, tickets. She planted that seed in Whitney's head, though. And Whitney's the one that came out and flat out said yeah. sexual favors because Meredith yeah. did, but she alluded to it. I think we can just flat out. We, say we it's, understand. It's a formula. It's a, yeah, it's a there's formula, a formula right? involved here. Yes. And Meredith does know what she's doing for better or for worse. I don't think it's a good move, but, you know, no, it's a strategy. It's, it's for worse. But <laughs> it's interesting that Angie's response is you're the one spreading your legs for other people around town. Of course. Not the other I way around. That. It's like, you know, that's just a quick. I, I wish that Angie would do herself a favor and be more prepared in her rebuttals instead yeah, of just like throwing them out there. And I know that she got caught off guard with this one, but you have to have something better in your arsenal because if you just repeat what the person says to you, you're going to lose every time. And that yep. gives Meredith the ability to walk away from it and cast it aside like it's just nonsense because now you're just saying what I said to you essentially and that's not a real argument. You're not going to talk to me that way. I only talk to people who respect me. So I'm going to remove myself from this situation. And Angie does what Angie does and keeps following her around the room. But she <laughs> wasn't doing it like in an angry way. If this was about, I, I'm still so hyper-focused on the way that Angie goes about her business with this. It's so difficult it to watch. It just didn't seem genuine like at no point when they're discussing any of this even when sean gets into the mix it just seems so weird there's something mm. like super off and it's very apparent it is not an organic reaction there's not a lot there it. and when she's talking and following meredith around this party she should be raising hell 
she should be throwing shit. She should be pulling Meredith aside and being like, no, fuck you. We're going to talk about this. She is calm, cool, and collected during a conversation like that where Meredith's spreading a rumor about your husband sleeping with men and everybody knows it. You should be flipping the fuck out. You, you should shouldn't be, be calmly doing anything. You should be, yeah. And I don't even think that like her talking about Meredith spreading her legs for other guys is even like a, a sort of like an emotional reaction to anything. She's just like, I don't know. There's just nothing there. It's like it didn't it, seem emotionally charged. It seems like so I need weird. to think of something on the spot. Let me think of something and just throw that out there. Like, I agree with you. I if can't put my could, thumb on it. It's just so weird to watch. And like it just seems not genuine. Yeah, it seems not genuine. It seems like. Look, I mean, if you had to ask me gun to my head, I think it's true just based off of her reaction. <laughs> like, I have take, to say it. Hot take. Well, it's, I don't know if it's much of a hot take. Like anybody watching Angie's, Angie's reaction to that, you can put that up against another couple. Somebody walking into that house and saying, hey, I heard that your husband's sleeping with men. Another wife would punch her in the face. You said That's this last week. Saying. You said that it would um, it would invoke some sort of emotionally charged reaction. Yes, we got nothing a, from Angie. A calm walkover and like, can we talk for a second? It's like, no, you need to drag her by her hair and say, what the fuck did you say? Like, you're also not even on good terms with Meredith. It's not like she's like a good friend and you want to go over and like give her the time of day and go talk about it. You and Meredith are fucking mortal enemies at this point. After Trixie's motel, you're gonna walk over there and calmly, you're gonna. <laughs> whatever you're gonna calmly go over and talk to her like no you're gonna go over there and like freak the fuck out it was it's just weird i don't know it made me feel really weird well it's a great great segue into the angie and sean scene and it's the morning after and uh immediately and i I, it's to your point like when she's sitting there alone and like making the bed and sits down at the end of the bed and looks all somber i'm like I, you practice this like you yep. practice this scene and Sean comes in and look I feel for Sean especially if this is not true like this is a this is a scathing indictment of his character because yeah. and I, I'm more so focused on the infidelity part right like the breaking up of the family the fact that it's with men I think is irrelevant as far as like he's just he's cheating right if this man and then the other part is you know it calls into question his sexual orientation which if he is gay, like that's a whole outing thing. Like, there's a lot of layers to this. Yeah. My still focus of what the most fucked up part is, is that they have a child and he brings that up immediately. Like Electra is going to hear this. And like that stung because I was like, damn, like that has to be really difficult. However, and I think you caught it too. As he's there, like sitting there crying and Angie's like consoling him. I'm like, this just doesn't consoling. seem that real no it seems like a fucking play it seems like a poorly written play like somebody wrote these lines for them and they are terrible actors that's how i felt during all of this that's how i feel anytime that angie's on screen these days it just seems like it's there's something she's robotic there's no real emotion there it just doesn't seem right there's something off about this whole thing and even when he started crying yeah even when he started crying it didn't seem like the crying was genuine it's like he had to work himself up to cry and then the line where he's like i've i've been working so freaking hard to be her hero and i'm like it's a nice sentiment sure but like it seems forced man like it just seems like a forced line the only thing that made sense i feel mean saying that i know i I feel feel really bad I feel right? really bad for him. But I'm just, but, this is what we do. We got to pick apart the scene. And for me, I'm just, that should have carried so much more emotion 
if that's actually like those two having this really difficult conversation, just, and I'm not, I'm so, I'm trying so hard to be sensitive because if this is all like, if this was a genuine response, this is a genuine conversation. Like I feel like such a dick right now, but it just, it, it was lacking something for me. And that's, yeah. I think you caught it too. Yep. I, I fully agree with that. It was definitely lacking. But the funniest thing to me, she says, you know, we're Greek Orthodox and in our religion, like for Greeks, infidelity is a really bad thing. And I'm like, in every religion, that's every religion. That's, that's <laughs> like one of the tenets of all religions other than Mormonism back <laughs> in like, like the, the fundamentalist Mormons who are like sister wives and stuff like that is different. And I know that's not the same as Mormons, but infidelity is across the board a negative dude like that is never cool anyway let's move on we get to see a scene with monica i really like this scene uh of her with her kids and getting ready for school and the single mom thing because it paints you think she's going... playing it up a little bit going see, uh don't... like drop dropping off in the uh like no, pajamas and stuff no you think it's fully genuine because here's why seeing it juxtaposed immediately after a scene which i'm questioning the validity of it Seeing this, I'm like, no, this seems genuine. And maybe she played it up slightly for the cameras. I think that's expected for all. I, I'm waiting to see. Camera. Yeah, I'm waiting to see if I feel the same way in a couple of episodes because I'm kind of honing in on that. I think that she's playing up the like middle class single mom thing. And that's like going to be her identity. And that's where she's going to well, okay feel with like it, I, I guess yeah, I'm OK with it because it's way different. You know what it's I mean? Like, and like this scene to me, I this felt like a genuine morning in her household for the most days where it's like fuck i got four kids let's get everybody up let's get yeah. we gotta go to school guys you gotta eat breakfast and then they're in the car and she's like you know she said the b word last week and she's like no i meant to say boner and i, <laughs> <laughs> and I let out a an actual chuckle on the plate i was like whoa where that? and she's like where'd you learn that word from she's like no nah, boner's not a bad word she's like, yeah it is. she goes you're right boner is a bad word and like, just said it like was, 10 times i was I cackling no that was but no i thought that was a genuine scene i did and i actually really enjoyed it but um the next scene is Lisa and Jack and they're getting pedicures and you know she's struggling with his choice to go on a mission and look I think it's cool he's going on a mission I think it's weird that he's about to go on a religious mission and has never read the book of mormon he's never been to temple he's never done a lot of things that I would expect you would probably clearly don't have to to do these things yeah, but I would imagine if you're going to go and preach the Book of Mormon and try to convert people to Mormonism, you should have already read the Book of Mormon before making that decision to go on a mission, no? Yeah, you would imagine. Now, I don't know if that's the type of mission that he's going on because I I couldn't really tell either. The only mission that there is. No, that's, that's what not a true. mission is. You go no, two years. According go, to Heather, you, there's like Habitat for Humanity, which is technically a mission. That's like not you'll a mission. Go over the, it that's is not a religious mission. It's this through, is a it's mission. through the church. This is a mission for the Mormon church. Okay. He is going to preach the I word agree. of Joseph Look, Smith I, and the Church of Latter-day Saints. I think you're just I think you're just being a hater. I think I'm you need to you settle down up there. Hater. I, I think Hatery. I'm using sound logic if you're going on a Mormon <laughs> mission that you should know the Book of Mormon front to back to preach the word of Mormonism. I think that makes oh. sense. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, look, religion is religion. You know, everybody's going to do it a little bit differently. Maybe if he just wants to feel closer to God through Mormonism, and he wants to go preach the good word of John, 
John I'm Jacob not Smith. questioning the kid's faith. I'm questioning whether or not you should have looked into the Book of Mormon more before deciding to go on a two-year mission. Read it on the plane ride. Oh my God, you're fucking. You're, uh, I'll just turn on his overhead light and just read it the entire time at like 5 a.m. Oh, I'll hate him. But the funny thing to me in this scene is like Lisa's talking about how she is a Mormon, but she doesn't go to temple. She's like, I don't feel holy enough because I drink too much Diet Coke. It's like, well. The tenets of Mormonism say you don't drink and you own a tequila company. So I think yes. that's probably the biggest thing barring you from this. Not so much your Diet Coke addiction and your fast food addiction. I think it's probably more the fact that you own a company that produces poison, according to the Mormon church. Yeah. So I think that's maybe where the problem lies. But the I feel for Lisa because Jack's an asshole. I'm just going to say it. Because we saw some stuff last year, and he's 18 now, I don't care. We yeah. saw some stuff last year where like she was trying to talk to him about his future or whatever, and he said fudge. I'm not I don't need fudge in college or whatever. And then this year, while they're getting pedicure, she's like, Well, clearly I must have made some good decisions and must have been a good mom because he made this choice to go to the Mormon church. He goes, No, nah, that decision's all me. It's all me. You didn't do shit, mom. I, that was all your boy. So don't take credit for my shit. You're a bad mom. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like there's, there's a point a of shot. like teenagers and like rebellious stages and like maybe he's rebelling against his family by doing this. And that's this why Mormons he's not... rebel. I'm going on a mission. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going on a mission and I don't know the book of Mormon. Like that's, just that's a pretty, that's pretty rebellious. Yeah. I think yeah. he does. I think he just, I think he's for whatever reason, he's got some sort of like pent up aggression towards his parents or just his mom. And he's like, I'm going to go on a mission. I'm not going to go to college. You want me to go to college? I'm not going to college. I'm going on a mission over there. Well, you don't go to church. Who the fuck needs church? It's like okay, like I don't know. Yeah, I got the same thing. I was like, all right, hard ass. Like, yeah, all right, you're talking guy. to your mom. You're talking to yeah, your you're mom. Talk, asshole. You're having a, a nice like self care. You're getting pedicures with your mother, and you're tough talking your pal. Like that's just, yeah. Are you paying? You paying for these pedicures? Yeah, or what? Exactly. Well, he does have whatever like wolf uh, hand sanitizer, fresh, fresh wolf, fresh wolf men. It's like hygiene. I don't know hygiene. We have fresh wolf in my house because they sent us a bottle. I know, <laughs> but let's keep going. We get Angie and Lisa and Whitney, and they're discussing, obviously, the rumor. And, you know, Lisa highlights that she's in a weird situation. She's like, I'm trying to rebuild this friendship with Meredith. Mm -hmm. And to Lisa's credit, she's like, whoa, 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 I need to pump the brakes because I'm seeing this formula come back. We've seen this pattern with her in the past. She gets rubbed the wrong way. She claims there's a rumor. She holds on to that rumor and she stirs the pot and gets everybody to kind of look into that rumor and go against the person that the rumor is about. We've yeah. seen that time and time again. It happened to Lisa all last year with the jazz tickets and sexual favors for Vita Tequila and all that stuff. And now we're seeing arguably the same exact thing with Angie to a T. So then we find out that Heather took it upon herself to invite Angie over to her house to clear the air. And look, if I'm going to break this down, they have a much longer relationship than Heather and Lisa, right? Yeah. Angie and Heather go back to high school. So there's clearly Which some deep. We know happening. because they fucking won't stop talking about it. They talk about it every episode, but there's clearly <laughs> some stuff in there that there's underlying tension for 15, 20 years where they yep. haven't addressed this, where Heather clearly feels much more upset about it than Angie knows. And I think for Heather, it was important for her for like healing over time to get this out and be like, this is why I'm mad. This is what upset me back then. This is what upset me now. I want to be able to move forward with you. So I'm telling you all these things. Whereas with Lisa, yeah. it's fresher, right? But 
Lisa gets so upset that this conversation happened. She's like, I just think it's pretty weird that like, you know, I went through the ringer last year for the past three fucking years and Heather's never said anything to me. And I thought it was going to die down a little bit. We get back to Angie and the whole point of what this conversation was. No, Lisa hijacks the entire thing. Yep. And she's like, this is bullshit. And I'm triggered. And Heather's an asshole. And everyone always wants to point the finger. And no one wants to talk to me about it. And like, what about my feelings? And Whitney, of all people, is the voice of reason in a confessional. That's like, what the hell's going on? I thought this was about Angie. Why is Lisa the one talking about this? Look, I don't know. We've, we've seen some sort of like evolution of Lisa Barlow where she went from being Meredith's crony to now she's got a spine of her own and she starts talking and like standing up for herself all the time. And that's great. To everybody, but now, though. Like, but now, <laughs> it's, now, now she's taking it even further than that. This has nothing to do with you, lady. You're just going to put yourself in here and then get really pissed off because something's not going your way. We don't even know what the hell's going on. But you're no. going to make this all about you. And I feel like that's kind of where we are with Lisa now. She's interjecting herself into the situation. She doesn't care about Angie. I don't think that she's friends with Angie, so I don't think that she really gives a shit, to be honest. But she's not going against Meredith. I this That was my takeaway from this. She's still not really going against Meredith. She's like she's playing the middle ground where she's not going to get in trouble with Meredith. Right, she's not right. going to come off as an asshole to Angie, even though she does, because she makes the whole thing about herself. But Yeah, and I just wonder how long that's going to last. Yeah, she's like, going to have to pick a lane eventually. You know, you I know. know that. And Meredith is the type of person that's going to press her and be like, whose team are you on? Angie's not going to do that. She doesn't have the balls to do it. No. Meredith will put her up to it and be like who are you going with is it me or is it well, angie might angie might put a hit out on your whole family if you don't you know or make a t-shirt or make One a t-shirt or make a t-shirt you know you, you know, know whatever Which, we're, we're flip they're, a coin. they're comparable yeah you know? depends on what i'm feeling but we get a scene with meredith and brooks and this was bizarre and i don't know what Very the weird. intention of bravo was here because meredith is talking about a car accident that she got in the week prior and when she explains the car accident it sounds horrifying it does. One side of the road was a cliff. The other side of the road was a snowbank. I thought that we were going to go off of the cliff. I thought I was about to die. Horrible story. Traumatic. She would have to go to therapy to get over like the potential of dying. But Bravo, the edit, accident, Meredith's car accident, accidents in quotes. Like the word accident, mm -hmm. like her accident. I'm glad and you saw in, that. Yeah. It shows them in the snowbank. And then on top of that, the music behind the scene was like, like I was like, are they making? Circus. Yeah, I was like, are they making fun of what actually happened? Was it not that big of a deal? Like, why are they taking the time here to make this seem like Meredith is acting crazy when in fact she could have died according to her story? And it doesn't sound that far fetched in Utah to be driving on snowy roads and like on one side of the road is a cliff and the other side is a snow embankment. Like that makes total sense to me. So I just thought it was really weird that they take this route of like, nah, let's razz her a little bit. She's, she's, yeah. tra she's traumatized. Let's give her a little poke. <laughs> I don't really know. I couldn't tell because I, I just kind of like looked up and when the music started, I'm like, oh, uh, Meredith lying. And that's just kind of where I drew it. But it is a really weird move for it's Bravo bizarre. to do that. I guess it doesn't make any sense. She's got to just be lying. I don't know. I trust Bravo editing. Bravo always does this the right way when they edit things in. I'm going to trust Bravo in this one and I say don't. that it probably wasn't. 
I don't feel like that's fair if this was actually an emotionally traumatizing experience in which she actually faced her mortality. That is, that's a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's not like Bravo was there either. Like, they they might have that's a picture of the insane. aftermath, but they weren't there the whole time. So, no, it could have been way worse. Weird, it's just a weird it's route to take. a funny move. But I like seeing her, her interactions with Brooks. And Brooks has grown on me, I'll be honest. I thought he was kind of an asshole earlier on. I think he's just like, he's a little snide all the time. Yeah, but they all are, though. Said, yeah, and I think maybe that's like just the Utah thing. I'm going to throw Utah out there. Or maybe just a Salt Lake thing. Everyone's kind of snarky. But it's probably just a rich thing. Oh, that's probably a better. Rich, entitled kid. There you go. But when he, dude, when he was stretching to get this boot on, and Meredith goes, maybe you should stretch out more. And he goes, I get stretched out all the time. Audible laugh. I, I went, ha, on the plane. And I had to look around and be like, sorry. Like that was fucking hilarious. Like out of nowhere, I was like, "That was good." That I would give him a, a bump for that one, a fist bump yeah. for the that shit was hysterical. That is but, really funny. Yeah. So Brooks went up a notch in my book this week, but this is when we get Monica and her nana and her mom, and Nana is fucking hilarious. She's funny. I'm gonna say that she just. She, I don't think she likes any of them. I think she's just like, I want to get out of this goddamn car with the camera. Say, like, you want a fish sandwich from from McDonald's? She's like, No, not today. She's like, do you want okay? You want a French fry? No, no. Fucking I, leave me alone. Take me to the senior center. So even I can her hang out with in, my girls. Even her mom's in the back. Like, give her a sandwich. She's hangry. Like, no. I Quit just want to get the fuck out of this Nana. car. Yeah. I'm late for bingo night. You're making me late because you're stopping at McDonald's. Yeah, but my that, ladies are there. I need to go get my crew. We need to go talk shit about our daughters and our granddaughters. Like, drop me off at the senior center and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think that now that I'm thinking back on it too, what I said about Monica trying to be too relatable, too like middle class, too this and that and whatever, it seemed really legit that That's she was just saying, going to dude. McDonald's. She's it's just all... going to McDonald's with her mom and grandma. And she this seems, seems genuine, normal. man. Yeah. All of her stuff seems genuine. That's why I like her as much as I do. And I like her painting the picture of like, yeah, life's not that easy for me. Like I got to grind and I'm okay with that. I work my ass off for my kids. I show up for my family because my mom did not. And we get that multiple times. Yep. And with this entire scene, you know, they're the, the main focus is the mom and Monica. They're sitting around the table at the senior center talking. And the mom paints this picture of religion to Monica where it's like, you know, this is important to be the spiritual leader of your family. And like, I always showed up. I always took you to church and this and that. And Monica's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, not only is that not true, she's like, you apologize to me for raising us in the Mormon church. And now you're telling me that you want to put my kids through that. Like that doesn't make any sense. And mom's like, I never said that. And from what I gather, like this is a toxic relationship from the mom's side and yeah. I don't love it. And I think that it's gotta be really difficult for Monica to deal with. Sure. But another reason why I like Monica is she has no issue saying how she's feeling and we need more of that. Cause it's not, She's not bringing it up just to stir shit up. She's bringing yeah. it up. She's like, whoa, you're going to question me and then talk about boundaries. Like, why don't we just lay it all out there? Like, Let's talk some shit right now. You want to get into it? Let's get into it. I didn't expect to go the route she went. She's like, boundary number one, don't walk into my house. What if I'm on the couch 69ing somebody? I'm like, whoa. Funny. Okay, funny. And then the mom's <laughs> like, well, shut the shut the door if you're going to do, do 69. And that was an interesting way to phrase it as well. I don't think that but she knows what 69 is. I don't think so either. But we get another little glimpse into their relationship because the mom thought she'd hung up the phone and verbatim says, you fucking piece of shit. I hate your fucking face about her daughter thinking that her daughter had hung up. 
only yep. to find out she did not. So from what I'm seeing from the mom, she's very aware that there's cameras on her. She's trying to show like, hey, I may not have been a great mom, but I'm doing my best to be a good grandmother. Yep. And then Monica's like, no, I'm not going to let you slide on this. Like, I'm going to tell everybody what this relationship actually is, how difficult it was being raised by you and why I emphasize all of these things with my daughters is because I want to give them the love and care that I did not have so that they do not have an upbringing like me and don't make some of the decisions that I did. She talks about, yeah. you know, you raised me in the Mormon church. I got pregnant at 19, you know, and like now it's a blessing. She has her kid, but at the same time, 19 year old single mother. And the mom's like, well, I was a single mom. She's like, yeah, bitch, me too. I had food stamps. I was on all the programs just to make ends meet. And guess what? I did it. So like, you're not going to sit here and try to one up me on national television, try to come out of this looking like you did okay. When in fact, because of you and in spite of you, I'm doing better. Like that's, that's why I think Monica's doing so well for me this season because it's just genuine. It seems real. Yeah, I would agree. It definitely seems real. And we do like to get glimpses into people's personal lives, people's family lives, try to figure out how they tick, especially when it comes down to parents because you get to see how they were brought up. And I think we got a little bit of an insight on this one where Monica is getting to a point now and she, maybe she's been at this point and we don't really know enough about her, but she's at, at the point now where she's, you know, she's an adult. She's going to do what she's going to do. And she still has a relationship with her mom. Obviously she still has a really good relationship with her grandma. She loves her, but she's still letting the mom hang around. My first thought is the mom's toxic as shit. This is not a good relationship for you to be in for your kids to raise your kids up here. But at the same time, she's it's a single mom. Right? It's impossible. Yeah. She's a single mom. She needs all the help that she can get. She has four fucking kids. We see that. We know that it's it's got to be a well, nightmare getting them ready. In the I don't think it's impossible for a single mother to raise four kids. I think no, that no, no, it's no. Possible situation if your mom is around for you to not try to garner some kind of relationship with her. Yes. That's what I'm just clarifying. Yes. No, no. That's that's what I meant as well. But I love seeing these things because again, it gets to, to introduce you further into Monica. It's not some bullshit story about whatever the hell's going on like how we had through like uh new york and we got to get to know all of them you see it front and center you get to see how the working relationship works and i like that monica's monica's standing up for herself she's saying whatever the fuck she wants to her mom she's in that point of the relationship and i agree with you fully that i think the mom is very aware cameras are on i'm gonna be way different i'm gonna act like a loving mom because i am on television right now yep. in reality we can tell we've seen the enough of these Jensen. shows it's the John Jansen. Thing. It is. It's yeah. It's the John Jansen thing. Like you Same can tell shit. right away when somebody's being authentic and when they're not. And that's why we have such an issue with Angie because Angie doesn't seem authentic during all of that. Like that's a crazy rumor. And you're not being authentic during that. That's weird. It's Monica, bizarre. the way that she's with her mom, super authentic. Monica's mom, not authentic. It's very easy to point these things out. I think we're like experts at this point, I guess. <laughs> Bravo well, experts. Uh, we got called oh mary Payne on pink shade called us bravo experts is the first time i've been referred to as that you know what i might make a business card that just says steel russell bravo expert. bravo expert i like that yeah. yeah but the last scene is just uh it's whitney and heather skiing together and i'm glad these two have some kind of relationship again I, it's clearly not what it used to be but i'm glad there's something there yep but this was an interesting one for me because on one hand, you know, Heather's like, you don't have an issue with Lisa throwing Brooks into, or sorry, throwing Jack into this whole thing and not really knowing the ins and outs of what a mission entails, which apparently you don't either. Um, but <laughs> like, 
and also the fact that they have had so many issues with the Mormon church, Whitney and Heather alike. And on one hand, I get that. I get that Heather's like, no, it's our job now to speak out against this stuff because of the misogyny, the racism, yeah. all of the negative things that come with the Mormon religion that they have gotten past and gotten through. And Heather's written a book about it and Whitney's spoken up about it. And Whitney wrote a letter to the church about it. And so I get where Heather's coming from. Like, it's almost our job to say something or at least want to have a conversation with Lisa about it. Whereas I understand where Whitney's coming from, where she's like, I don't have an issue with it because at the end of the day, not our family, not our kid. So it's like, I don't know who to side with here. Like, I don't think either party is necessarily wrong on Whitney's end. Like, yeah. No, but you can have a discussion about it. And I think that what we want from Heather is to be able to have that kind of discussion without pushing her feelings on the Mormon church on the other people. And we kind of saw that a few episodes ago when she is talking about Jack going on this mission. She's like, well, why is he, why is he doing that? I, I, maybe I should have a discussion with him. Like, no, Heather, you shouldn't have a discussion with him because you don't know him. You're not like right, close you know? to him. You're not really that close to Lisa as it is. So you're not going to sit down with her son and talk to him about what the Mormon church has done for you. You've got a book. He can read the book if he wants to. There you go. It's a right. best-selling, best-selling book. Go ahead and read it there over there. But I think that we need to get to the point where Heather, Heather's allowed to have an opinion. Like we understand it. We actually kind of value it because it gives you a little bit of insight into the Mormon church and how it, it operates. a lot, actually. Yeah. And like, that's what we want. And you and I have talked about this before. We want more of the Mormon church. And I know the yeah, Mormon dude. church isn't going to release a whole lot of information to Bravo. But at the same time, the people on the show can talk about it a little bit more and share their opinions on it. I took this as more, I think Heather's coming back into form still um she's kind of trying to find her footing but there are times where i look and i'm like all right heather like enough about you in the mormon church we know how you feel we don't need to go down that road again for the 10th time you've made your point it's okay but you can share some opinions with whitney and i want to see that relationship blossom a little bit more and i think that it's all about whitney because whitney has we've seen her grow up a little bit in the last couple of years she's standing on her own she's i don't even think that she's close to anybody on the cast maybe she's close to monica now but I she's kind of doing her own thing. No, yeah, I she's know. on her own, seemingly. Like she's just kind of trying to stir the pot, but not intentionally. But but I don't think any of them are like lumped up anymore. Like even Lisa and Meredith's relationship, that's you know trepidatious, as I said earlier about Jen and uh, Tamara. It's it's a little shaky. I wouldn't point at two of the women on this show and be like, oh, they're inseparable. Nothing's gonna no. break them apart. Like as soon Monica as, and Mary. <laughs> yeah, Monica and Mary, honestly, because Mary or Monica would do anything for Mary's friendship. But as soon as Monica comes on the show, her only friend is Angie. She throws her under the bus, yeah. like right out the window. Really, it's a really good, I would say, like a like an example of how this is going. And I'm fine with it because it's it but makes also, pretty good TV. It's entertaining. Angie deserved to be thrown under the bus mm-hmm. in that moment because she was being an asshole. So like, it's not wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, think I agree. That, it makes for a great season. I'll tell you that much. It certainly does. But let's get to questions so we can wrap this bad boy up. Because Shoots has to get back down to the game. I do, and I... You got to start drinking so you don't get hung over. <laughs> Way late for that, buddy. Day late and a dollar short. Here we go. Let's start out with Malhar Agree. Whitney has targeted someone every season. Will she ever get her own storyline? Um, yeah, I think she's getting a storyline this year. I think we're going to see uh, her marriage and the issues that they have to overcome within their marriage. We kind of poked on it a little bit with uh, Justin going back to work. 
but in the trailer, it looks like there's a lot more going on there. So I think she'll have her own storyline this year. Yeah, I agree. From John Critelli, is it me or is it nuts? No one called Whitney out for saying Meredith said this rumor. Yeah, I alluded to that earlier. Meredith didn't say the rumor. Whitney didn't say the rumor. Monica said the rumor. Yeah. Whitney didn't know what it was until Monica told her. Meredith didn't tell anybody. <laughs> like Monica was just sitting in the background during all of that. She's the one who explicitly said it to Angie. She, she sits in the background eating rock candy. <laughs> and she doesn't even like, hesitate. It's just a full blown like, yeah, I heard that he's fucking dudes. Period. Yeah. Like every but, but that's the thing is like how many times do we hear rumors that pop up and it's like, well, you know, there's a rumor going around here, and like nobody's ever brave enough to explicitly say it. Monica just comes right out and says it. I appreciate yeah. it. I like the honesty. From Paige Ramoser, did you guys notice that Jen said nothing in part two of the reunion? Think she'll be back. I think that she had one issue this season. I think that was Ryan. I think that was addressed the first time. I think that she had a couple of comments trying to chime in. She wasn't just sitting in the background trying to do nothing, but I think that her part in the reunion was over. I don't think that she had any business being in the Heather versus Tamara fight. I, uh, yeah, I fully agree. She is still new. We have to understand she doesn't know most of these women just because she spent a couple of weeks filming with them. I think she knows her place, and I actually kind of appreciate that because she didn't interject her own opinions into something where it doesn't belong. I agree with you. I think that whole first part was pretty much about her and Ryan and then going after Tamara and the way that she's talking about them. She got that done. She settled that. They talked after the show. You can tell that she's a little cautious about moving forward with Tamara, as she God well should be. And I'm fine with that. I, look, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the show, but I think the Jen's done enough to come back for the next season. Yeah, I do too. If there is a next season from lady Katie hair, when is this rant about jam bands going to happen? Sober jam band fan, waitingly, waitingly patient. Jesus Christ. Patiently waiting. Uh, yeah, I don't have the energy to attack. Jam bands, but I, don't worry. I, I'll rile them up at some point. We'll get it out of them. Yeah, just remember wait. how I feel and we'll go from there. Yeah, don't you worry. I'll bring it up. And the last one from Steck33. You really don't have to recap this one. All you have to say is Tamra sucks. <laughs> I was excited to recap this one because it's finally over. We did it. We did Woo! it. Congrats, All right. We got there, guys. Thanks for bearing with us. Apparently, you love hearing us miserable. So, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. You know what I'm thinking. But yeah. uh, go Phils. Is that what you're thinking? Go Phils. Go Birds. But remember to follow us on all of our socials at Bravo underscore bros. Get tickets for our live show November 19th out at the Bourbon Room. Zach, Peter, Friendsgiving. Like I said, it's a different format. I just talked to him today. Uh, there's a lot of people lined up for this show. There's going to be different segments of the show. We'll be on it for a lot. We're not going to be on stage the whole time. And guess where we will be when we're not on stage? Because we're cool. In the crowd. In the crowd. Mixing guess it up. Hold on. Guess who claims he's going to be there? Los. This no, time. Fucking I, no way Los is going to be I said there. to him, I said, dude, you already did this once in Philly, and you were not there. So I don't believe anything you're and saying. And he wasn't even there. He was there for Beyonce. He wasn't there for us. Yeah. So look, dude, the only dude, way I'm going to believe this is if you park the fucking van out in front of the bourbon room, and then we will come on the van and take a picture. And that's the only way that this is going to move forward. Because as of right now... You've lost us both, and I was always an advocate for, even though you're sh like Shooter's biggest fan, which is ridiculous. But you know what, Los? Uh, a hearty fuck you, pal. We'll see you. We'll see you out there. Just kidding. Love you, Los. Yeah, I love you, buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
well, you got to start pre-gaming so you can get in shape for the game. I have to go get in the car and drive two hours to middle of nowhere, Texas, to go hang out with my daughter. And for that, I am super excited. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Above all else, go Phils. Go Birds. Fuck you. Yeah. Peace out. Deuces. Deuces. Just another panic at the disco. Yep. hey Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.